Welcome to the It's Hard to Know podcast, a podcast about PMA, mental health, finding and staying on a path in a world that makes it pretty difficult to do so. I'm your host, Michael Hank Renfro, and thanks for joining us today. All right, it is uh, Tuesday, the 14th of July. Uh, a couple things before I jump into the main topic for today. Uh, as I mentioned in the last two episodes, my little health scare there. I had a follow-up appointment with the liver specialist person last uh, Friday, I think. Uh, basically, I mean, I'm not going to die. That's cool. Being alive is awesome. Um, you know. He's basically said, caught it early, uh, don't become obese or an alcoholic, and you'll probably be fine, monitor it year from year, or year to year. So that is what it is. Glad that it worked out the way that it did. Um, I think I mentioned last episode that, you know, I've cut back on my drinking pretty, you know, as I've gotten older, you know, no more going out all night having... uh, having long nights of drinking. So that's not a big issue. Uh, on the plus side, last weekend was really cool. I went out to New Mexico and camped in the Carson National Forest for I think four nights. I was there. Uh, five, I was gone five total. I stayed in a hotel in Amarillo. I left um, like after work one of the days last week and drove to Amarillo, stayed in the hotel. That was weird. That was the first time in almost four months that I had been in a hotel. Um, And then moved out or continued driving the next day out to the campsite. Uh, It was nice. It was empty. It was in the mid-80s during the day and then in the 40s at night. So it was wonderful for sleeping outside. Except for the next to last day, I climbed this mountain and uh, got to the top. It was like five and a half some odd miles to the top. And got to the top, and then a hailstorm came and had to hike back down in the hailstorm. That was a blast. But it's good to be back outside, and I'm really, really hoping that uh, because of this increased COVID spike, especially here in Texas, that we don't end up shutting the state parks back down again. That's kind of been my one real refuge is getting out to the state parks on the weekend and and being um, being able to relax and workout and I think um, I'm down uh, 19 pounds uh, since the beginning of COVID, which is kind of cool. We'll see. Uh, I I mean, you know, COVID goes on another two years. I'll I'll lose all my weight and cease to be a human. So who knows how long this will go on. And the last thing that I want to say before I uh, jump into... um, this week's episode, which is a solo episode, and uh, I'm wearing this mask because the bulk of this episode is going to be about coronavirus and wearing masks and so forth. But generally, I don't uh, don't want to speak ill of the dead. Uh, I don't want to. I mean, it's just it's. It's doesn't put much good energy out there. It's it's not good for your karma or whatever. But Jonathan Sackler died last week, and if you don't know who that uh, scumfuck piece of shit is, 
He's uh, the co-owner of Purdue Pharma, who produced OxyContin back in the 90s and early 2000s and really pushed OxyContin as, um, as, as a miracle drug. They were instrumental in pushing uh, pain as the, quote, the fourth vital sign and putting the burden on uh, doctors or pushing the burden to doctors to just eliminate pain. And I mean, obviously, as I've mentioned in, in previous episodes, personal responsibility is important. Um, but you know, my brother went down or started down his long road of addiction after, uh, receiving, uh, way too strong of painkillers after something that should have been, you know, taken care of with, uh, some 800 milligram vitamin M's, some big Motrin pills. And now there are tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people that are dead because of this Sackler family and their push and denial that uh, I think this is the biggest and most important piece is that they they denied that OxyContin was addictive. And just like tobacco industry denied uh, that uh, tobacco was addictive or that there were any harmful substances in cigarettes. The, the, the rich and the wealthy... <laughs> in this country everywhere can deny can lie and there's no punishment there's no punitive action and meanwhile i saw um uh, an article earlier today or maybe last night about a, a student who missed some of her virtual zoom classes she was on probation and she's gonna go to jail and meanwhile, the Sackler family uh, is indirectly responsible for the deaths of hundreds of thousands of people in the U.S. alone. Nothing happens. They get to have their name on uh, buildings and sponsor, you know, art shit. It's just, it's just disgusting. And that lack of accountability kind of feeds into the rest of what I want to talk about uh, today, which is our inability to do something as simple as wear this mask. It's just unbelievable to me that we're having this debate and this discussion in the midst of how crazy things have actually become. So more on that in a moment. Hey, real quick, as I was going through listening back to the episode, editing it, uh, and you'll hear us later on, I made reference to the Affordable Care Act and said how, quote, we were scared of death panels, end quote, in context of, um, well, mask and how people don't want to wear masks and people have these irrational fears. And uh, I did not mean to say we. <laughs> I uh, don't want anyone to uh, think that I was um, uh, afraid of uh, death panels. Uh, I, I was referring to the collective nonsense and our political space. Um, so yeah, just wanted to put that out there before you hear that and go, what is he talking about?
Over the weekend, the New York Times published a story about Dr. Lorna Breen. And Dr. Breen was an emergency room doctor who was in the trenches in New York City in the early height of uh, their COVID crisis there in the city. In mid-April, Dr. Breen had a mental health crisis and was admitted to a psych ward. After she was discharged from the psych ward, she went to stay with her family in Charlottesville in Virginia. And a few days later, on April 26th, she took her life. Dr. Breen was 49. She was, uh, by all accounts, a gifted physician who was also working on a dual master's, I think MPH, a master's in public health and an MBA uh, looking to not only uh, continue her career as a physician, but also uh, to move into leadership roles. But that didn't happen because she took her life. We're now in week 18 of this dystopian hellscape that we find ourselves in almost three months after Dr. Breen took her life and we're setting new COVID records every day, every week. And there's no sign of things slowing down. It's just insane. I mean, I think anyone who's worked in healthcare or has been around uh, um, healthcare workers or is even a student of history knew that this was not going to be over easily. I think what we didn't <laughs> anticipate for is that us as a nation making it worse seemingly intentionally. I, I mean, I'm just at a loss to understand our inability to do or to take basic steps to slow this thing. And the president tweeted something yesterday or the day before yesterday about Germany and Denmark and several other places opening up their schools. Uh, but those are countries that are taking the precautions necessary to not only flatten the curve, but in a country like New Zealand's case, to eliminate COVID altogether while we're still going up every day, every day. It's, it's just insane to me. And this could make all the difference in the world. This right here, this, that Bill Mitchell on Twitter said, I put it on and, you know, five seconds later, I feel like I can't breathe and I'm suffocating. And here I am recording a stupid podcast with it on. I saw this article and I'll post a link in the show notes to the article about Dr. Breen. It's fucking heartbreaking. It's just, God. Uh, but I also, I, I, I saw an article back on June 26th. I'll post a link to it as well in the Washington Post. <laughs> I just... The article was titled, Making Men Feel Manly in Mask is Unfortunately a Public Health Challenge of Our Time. Because when I put this on, I guess my dick shrivels up and I become less of a man. I mean, I don't get the connection there. I'm at a loss. So let me repeat that headline again. Making, <laughs> Jesus, making men feel manly in mask 
is unfortunately a public health challenge of our time. That's not a public health challenge. That's a cultural challenge and something or an indication that something is deeply wrong with us as as a country, as a people, if wearing a mask <laughs> makes you feel less manly. And that's not an isolated article. If you Google you know anything about masks, you'll see articles that talk about manliness and masculinity. You'll see articles about how this is the culture war challenge of our time. That it's somehow wearing a mask has become this political thing that I can't, I can't wrap my head around. Yesterday, July 13th, Gallup released polling data on mask usage, mask habits. And of course, all of this is self-reported data, self-reported uh, responses. So, you know, there probably is some bias in the data. But that said, it's stark. So there, the data was broken out in several categories, male, female, Republican, Democrat, age, and education. So I just want to hit on three real quick. First, and these are respondents who answered that they always or often wear a mask. It was always, often, sometimes, uh, never. Uh, there was one more in there. Um, and I'll post a link to this article as well. Women, females, 81% so that they always or often wear a mask. 63% of men, 63% of men. So 37%, let's just say even if it was at 81, 18% uh, of men don't wear a mask because they don't feel manly. That's just me doing a very basic extrapolation of that data. Even more stark, <laughs> Democrats. 94% always or often wear a mask. Republicans, 46%, almost a 50-point difference, 48 points between those two. It's like we live in entirely different worlds. In the age groups, 18 to 34, 76%, 35 to 54, 69%, and then 55 and older, 71%. So, you know, we hear older people, boomers, dunking, talking shit about millennials and Gen X all the time. Well, at least the millennials are wearing fucking masks. They're sacrificing and wearing a mask. And we're not even sure where the peak is. We don't know where we're at in this thing. We're not in the second wave. We never got through the first wave. But meanwhile, well... Getting back open, well, at least we got back open here in Texas and everything's shutting back down again, as is happening in a lot of places. I don't know, did you see the Disney uh, video that they put out about reopening where it was all the employees wearing their masks saying, welcome home, welcome home, welcome home. And then at the end, someone said, welcome home, citizens, one of the Star Wars characters. I don't know anything about Star Wars, so I'm sure it was someone important from that franchise, but what the fuck? <laughs> Welcome home. <laughs> Florida's <laughs> setting records every day about caseload and death and Disney has to open up and it's the park that's opening up. <laughs> Disney's corporate offices are still closed. People are still teleworking or they're furloughed or whatever the hell Disney did. So that tells you where their priorities are. Families can die but those in charge going to stay home. 
not going anywhere near there. And now we're talking about opening schools. And yeah, they're in a nation this large with with counties that could have 5 million people in them or a rural county that could have 5,000 people in it. There's not a one-size-fits-all approach. I got it. But we're a very highly mobile country. And all it takes is for me to get COVID to go to some rural county because that's where a park is that I want to hike in and then infect someone when I go to get gas and then turn around and that person infect their child and then the school's got an outbreak. It's not, it's, that's not hypothetical. That's what's happening. But I get that there's not this one size fits all approach to opening schools. What I don't get is Betsy DeVos saying that if schools don't open, they risk losing their federal funding. So the school that's six houses down for me in this very large county adjacent to Dallas has to open is it's just insanity that we would talk about defunding schools for not opening in states that have hotspots. It's just insane. I keep hearing this, some version of a refrain of, well, you know, it's very, the the cases are going up, but the case fatality rate is pretty low. Not that many people are dying. You know, it's less than 1%. Okay, 1% of America is 3.3 million people. That's more than 1,000, more than 1,000 9-11s. And we collectively changed everything about our society after 9-11, after a singular event that happened on a Tuesday morning. And then the next day, yes, there was damage, there was death, there was chaos and destruction. It was horrible. Yes. But it was a singular event. And we're watching a 9-11 happen at the peak of this every day. And we just don't give a shit. (laughs) We don't care. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. But in addition, we're talking about tens of millions of people that will have health impacts from this for the rest of their life. We've seen reports of neurological illnesses, uh, uh, cardiovascular, pulmonary, your heart, your lungs. Uh, We've seen uh, muscle fatigue, uh, chronic... um, uh, shit, I just had a brain <laughs> brain lapse there. Uh, chronic, um, ah, shit, when you're tired all the time. Whatever. Anyway, this is, death is not the only outcome of, of COVID. There are long-term issues that people who get infected may face. And, you know, tying this back to the Sacklers here, we lack four things here. One, we lack a sense of shared sacrifice. People say, well, I don't want to wear a mask. It's uncomfortable. I don't like it. But doctors are wearing them 12, 16 hours a day. Firefighters wear a mask when they run in and put out a fire. I mean, imagine if firefighters are like, I don't want to wear a mask anymore. It's uncomfortable. Everyone in the military 
All of you people who refuse to wear a mask but say they support the troops, you don't support shit. Because this is nothing compared to a gas mask that everyone who's ever served in the military has worn, either in training, an exercise, or in, you know, millions of veterans cases who served in Iraq and Afghanistan, uh, myself included, wore that mask in a war zone, in the desert, in the heat. So we lack a sense of shared sacrifice in this country when people can't even put this on. We lack accountability. (laughs) On May 26th, Rich Lowry, who is about as close to a caricature of a mashed potato white person that you could ever come up with, wrote an article in the National Review that said, or the title was, Where Does Ron DeSantis, the Florida governor, go to get his apology? May 26. Meanwhile, DeSantis last week said everything was, quote, stabilized in Florida. And today, Tuesday, July 14th, they set the record for most deaths in the state of Florida. After Sunday, they set the record for most cases in any state since the outbreak began, beating New York at the peak of COVID. Beaches are open. The Republican National Convention is supposed to happen in Jacksonville. There's just no accountability. And so governors can say what they want and had ignored coronavirus at the beginning of this. There's no accountability there. The media who said it was a hoax was a Democratic hoax, a Democratic hoax to take down this president. No accountability there. They get to say and do what they want. And there's no accountability. And... President Trump aside, I don't understand this idea of this being a Democratic hoax, that the 94% of Democrats who are wearing a mask are wearing a mask to make the president look bad, that the 140 some odd thousand people that have died, died to make the president look, it's just a stupid, asinine argument. So we lack a sense of shared sacrifice, we lack accountability, and we lack leadership. We lack consistent leadership that takes responsibility, that sets a national tone for what we can do if our leadership isn't held accountable, our leadership isn't sharing in this sacrifice, then it's hard, you know, it's difficult to expect the average person to. So as much as it annoys me, I don't begrudge the people who who don't wear a mask. I mean, they piss me off and I get it. But when they when they're being told that it's not necessary, I mean, we've got a long history in this country of anti-intellectualism, of not trusting experts. And now we're saying trust experts, trust doctors, trust Dr. Fauci, who for some reason was able to have a career across multiple presidents and it was never an issue. Of course, now it's an issue. And we also just lack human decency (laughs) courtesy for our fellow man we lack that decency at the core of who we are you know people can't afford health care but the 400 richest americans worth three trillion dollars gained almost 600 billion in their net worth while 32 percent of americans could not make their housing payment in time in July. Our priorities 
are so backwards. It's insane. We're so sucked into this cult of masculinity, worrying about looking manly. We're sucked into this cult of individuality where all that matters is me. I don't have to worry about my neighbors. I don't have to worry about my community. I don't have to worry about my fellow man, me, individuality. And we're sucked into this, what's now turned out to be a death cult of my freedoms. I don't want to wear a mask because of my freedoms. What does this have to do with your freedoms? Putting on a mask, what freedom does that take away from you? I mean, 10 years ago when the Affordable Care Act came out, we were worried about death panels. And now people are worried about their freedoms because they have to wear a mask, which I've been talking in a mask for like 25 minutes now. And doing okay, doing fine. It's not fun. It's not the most comfortable thing. Most people don't like wearing condoms during sex, but we do it because we don't want to get AIDS or we don't want to get herpes. Maybe if COVID put like big sores on your face, people would wear a mask or who knows. Just we're going to be in this shit show dystopian hellscape for six months, a year, longer, if we can't just do some basic, decent, civil things like wear a mask. <laughs> Dr. Breen, you, you deserve better. And I hope that, you know, I had a conversation with my mom, God, in the early parts of this, so probably like three months ago. And I said, there's going to be a death toll, which is the death toll of people that died directly uh, or died from illnesses directly related to COVID. Then there's going to be this whole other set of people that died, you know, five years ago when people look back and look at the secondary and tertiary uh, causes of death, people who have regular health conditions, or I shouldn't say regular health conditions, have long-term chronic disease uh, diseases that they manage that they're having trouble managing right now because they can't get to their regular doctor or, uh, their, uh, uh, you know, their routine, um, outpatient care is, is closed or is being sucked up by people with COVID. Uh, there's going to be, uh, in, you know, potentially an increase in suicides because of, a, a inability to lack or, or to access mental health resources, there are those that are going to uh, die because they're in horrible situations to begin with, like children or spouses in a domestic abuse situation. I mean, when we look back at this time, there's going to be a number of people that died because they got sick and a number of people who died because we couldn't get this thing under control so we could access the things that they normally would access. I mean, hell, people die in this country from lack of access to healthcare now and now we're just adding to that. Wear a mask. Be normal. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if normal is the right word. Be decent. Put the mask on. All right. Thanks for tuning in this week. Uh, you could find me on Instagram at Hank underscore It's Hard to Know. Or you can email me at mhr at It's Hard to Know pod.com. Uh, I hate to ask, uh, but I do it every week. You could like and rate and share and all that good stuff gets the word out. Hope you're doing well. Take care of yourselves and each other. Keep that positive mental attitude.